Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everyone. This is Dale, and I thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. If you've been with us in recent episodes, you know we've been looking at things related to the sign of the Lord coming again in the end of the age, Uh, the Lord Jesus answering questions that his disciples had asked. I want to go and chase a little something different uh, for the next episode or two or three, however long it takes, uh, simply because of uh, just the current things and what's happening. (coughs) At the time of our recording right now, yesterday was actually what is referred to in many portions of the body of Christ as Trinity Sunday, uh, where the the body uh, examines and gets some understanding as to triune nature of the Most High God. And I think it's really, really important for us to know what the truths are about this, okay? And there is a, a lot of confusion about it. Let me just put it that way, a lot of confusion. Not a lot of good teaching on it, honestly. Uh, You'll hear the same little uh, platitudes and the same kind of things, but there's really no attempt at explaining. There's no attempt at even looking at what the Scripture says, and the Scripture is abundantly clear about this. Now, let me tell you from the very beginning, you do not see the word Trinity in the Scripture, okay, in the English translations. You don't see that word Trinity. And people get really distracted by that. So they'll say, well, that means that there isn't a trinity. There isn't the fact that God is triune. And um, which is sort of a hard thing to understand. I would totally grant that because at first you think, well, that means there's three gods. No. And there's a couple of things that have caused that confusion uh, over the last hundred years or so. And we're going to look at one of the primary ones right now. And then we'll probably spend a few episodes just looking at the scripture related to this, okay? And so where I want us to go today, we're going to go to the book of First John, the fifth chapter. And John is uh, winding down the book. He's at the end of his life. And this is the John that wrote First, Second, and Third John, okay? The Gospel of John, the Revelation. Uh, Jesus is uh, probably closest friend is the way we put it. And let me just read the uh, uh, first part of the fifth chapter to get to where I want to go to today. And then we'll probably have to... Talk a little bit more about it later. So here's 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. It says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and whoever loves the Father loves the child born of Him. And so what he's saying right here, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, then you've been born of God. Been, now this isn't the same type of belief that we see with the demons. The demons believe, and they know, and yet they shudder. There's a different thing right here. You can have a false belief, a false profession, for lack of a better term. Okay, So verse 2 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. So if you want to know if you love the children of God, you will love God and you'll observe the commandments of God. And, you know, we may have to come back some other time and do the entire book of 1 John because it is so important for the body of Christ today. Verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. 
And so our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It's not a faith that we whip up in, our, uh, in the fleshly nature from our soulish realm. No, no, no. This is faith that comes from God that is manifested in and through us and that we live in. Now, verse 5, who is the one who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son. How do you overcome the world? How do you overcome the sin? By believing that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, here's where it gets important. Verse 6. This is the one, and I'm speaking of Jesus, who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. Not with the water only, but with the water and with the blood. It is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. Now, in this passage up to this point in time, we have seen Father mentioned, Father God. We've seen uh, the Lord Jesus Christ mentioned. We've seen the Holy Spirit mentioned. And so we see all of these things, and you see that all through Scripture, the, the three. But this verse right here, the next verse, is so important. <laughs> okay, you ready? This is 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that testify. And then there's a colon, Okay. And then verse 8 says this, the spirit and the water and the blood and the three are in agreement. Now, I know we're doing this over audio, so you have to sort of uh, listen carefully. And I'm going to read it a couple times. This seventh verse in the New American Standard, which is what I'm reading, and most of the time I'm reading from the New American Standard. The New American Standard is a, a modern translation, okay, within the last 100 years, actually within the last, uh, let's say, 50 years, uh, this particular translation. And it's a good translation. But it's a translation into our language, and there's decisions that are made. Verse 7 says, For there are three that testify. And then you go into verse 8, The Spirit and the water and the blood. And the three are in agreement. So it's talking about the three that testify here are spirit, water, and the blood. It was talking about before that the Lord Jesus came in water and in blood. In other words, that he was born of the flesh and in blood of the flesh. But let me read from the authorized version. Let me read from the King James Version. And this is so important. When I study, I usually have the King James Version open. I usually have a New American Standard Version open. And I usually have either English, yeah, English Standard Version, ESV, which has a new uh, translation, which is good, or the Holman. Sometimes people will say, well, what about the NIV? When I was growing up, with the, uh, the NIV was the big new one coming along, and particularly out of my background, boy, the pastor's locked into that. I think it's an especially weak translation in some, some important areas, okay? So I, I will usually check it just to see what it says, but I don't use it that much. Listen to verse 7 of 1 John 5 in the King James. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Well, that sounds sort of like what it said in 1 John 5, 7, in New American Standard. There are three that testify, okay? But then there's more words. There's a, the finishing of a sentence in 1 John 5, 7 in the King James. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Let me read that again. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And then verse 8 says, And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, 
and the blood, and these three agree in one. In the modern translations, they literally excise verse 7. They literally cut out the major portion of it. There is a bearing a record of testifying in heaven, and there's a witnessing and testifying on earth. You don't see that in the modern translations. Now, of course, people immediately go, well, why is that? Uh, there's reasons. I don't want to bore you with all the details, and, of course, there's argument and debate over it. Uh, in my mind, from what I have uh, examined and studied of this uh, for many years, actually, when I first started discovering this, I thought, what's the deal here? It boils down to this. The uh, newer translations, the Greek text that they base upon, and remember, we don't have the original documentation of anything, but we have thousands and thousands of uh, first and second generations past the original. It is based upon a compilation and a work done by two guys known as Westcott and Hort. Their last names were Westcott and Hort, and they were British theologians. And uh, they worked 30 or 35 years in putting together a Greek text, what they considered to be the definitive text. They made some decisions about some things which I think are questionable. And I think those questionable decisions came out of some other things that they were involved in. They were involved with some other dark organizations that they should not have been involved with. And so I think it draws into question, literally, their life work. This verse right here, it says, The Father and the Word and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. If you take that out, what does that do with an understanding of the triune nature of God? See what I'm saying? Tell you what, we'll continue this discussion. Uh, my time's up, but I would encourage you to go look at the King James Version of 1 John 5, 7 and see what you see. I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time.